This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. The biggest problem in the economic world today is inequality. An easy, an easy way to say it is that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And it's always been like that. Actually, the truth is it hasn't always been like that. There was a period between, say, 1935 and, say, 1950, when American inequality did not get worse. The rich did not get richer. The poor did not get poorer. That was the period that was known as the New Deal. It was also the period when American labor was the strongest and the most virile that it had ever been and ever has been since then. Inequality is what's choking the world today. The worst is yet to come, but it is getting worse day by day. Currently, according to Robert Reich, three multi-billionaires now have more wealth than the bottom half of the population of the United States. In other words, if you took that 160 million of the poorest people, put together all of their wealth, every car that they own and every house that they own, every bank account that they own, it would not equal the amount of money that three white men have. Three multi-billionaires now own more than the bottom half of the United States. There are several ways to get around inequality, and there are several ways to make it worse. One way to make it worse is with inflation. Because even though someone may be making the same amount of money, if it doesn't buy the same amount of groceries, if it doesn't put gas in their tank, then it's not really the same amount of buying power. What we need to fight inflation is called COLA, the cost of living adjustment. A long time ago, it was just a dream. It was just an idea that working people have thought up, and they called it an escalator clause, a way to bring one's salary up in line with inflation. As inflation grew, then your paycheck would grow too. It's pretty easy to do because the Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes figures on inflation, numerical figures. They'll say inflation was 7% or inflation was 3% or, or whatever it was. Recently, it's been between 7 and 9% overall. And of course, some things have, the prices of some things have risen a lot more than the prices of other things. COLA, cost of living adjustment, simply takes that number that the Bureau of Labor Statistics publishes and says, all right, if inflation went up 7%, then we're going to raise everybody's wages 7%. If inflation went up 2%, then everybody's wages go up 2%. That way your buying power stays the same. COLA was invented by the American labor movement. And in the days that labor was pretty strong, a lot of people had COLA. I used to have COLA when I worked in a factory. 
Every three months, they would figure out what inflation was doing, and then they would give us a COLA raise. And those COLA raises stayed in our wage scale. In other words, let's say I got a $2 raise in August, and then I got another $2 raise in, uh, in December. That wouldn't just be $4. It'd be, it would be uh, $2 from the first time, and then the percentage raise would include that previous $2. So the second raise would actually be more than $2. So COLA is a great invention. But since the American employers have gone on the rampage since about 1947, working people have steadily lost their COLA. Today, only about 11% of American employers pay COLA. And that's coincidental because only about 11% of American workers have unions. So if you don't have a union, you probably don't have COLA. You need it. You need protection against inflation. And you certainly saw this over the past year when inflation was between 7 and 9% in general. Another group that doesn't have COLA, particularly vulnerable to inflation, is retirees. Hardly any retirees have COLA on their pensions, if they even have a pension. They do have COLA on Social Security, thank goodness. This is one of the ways that Social Security has improved over the years. And this particular year, in January of 2023, America's seniors are getting probably the biggest raise they ever got in their entire lives. 8.7%. That will be the COLA raise in January. It's the biggest COLA raise Social Security has ever given. It's probably the biggest COLA raise that anybody ever got in their entire lives. And it's probably bigger than any other kind of raise that anybody got in their entire lives. So the 8.7% COLA raise in Social Security is a wonderful thing. But why stop there? Why shouldn't everybody have a pension? Why shouldn't everybody have COLA on their pensions? The reason I started thinking about that this particular week was because of some of my friends who work in schools. School employees are going to demand COLA on their pensions. Some of the public employees here in Texas from the Texas State Employees Union, the ones that are unionized are going to be demanding COLA on their pensions. Now, employers are not going to want to do that. And the Republicans who run the state of Texas are particularly not going to want to do that. So it's going to be a fight. One of the ways that people try to get around it is they say, no, we're going to give you a big lump sum this year. They're going to say to the teachers, some of the politicians are already saying, we're going to give you a 13th check. So it'll be like $2,000. If you get $2,000 a month, they're going to give you an extra $2,000, maybe. But that doesn't fold into your basic salary. It's just a bonus. 
You get the $2,000 and you spend it and then it's gone and that's all that there is to it. But if you got a cola raise and then another cola raise, it would continue to grow uh, and grow your base pension and keep your pension growing every time inflation goes up. So COLA on pensions is a wonderful demand. Since I work with retirees primarily, I think the whole retiree movement should start demanding pensions with COLA. Now some people, as I said, don't even have a pension, but they need one, especially in these days of inflation. And even if you have a pension, you need COLA on your pension to keep fighting off the ravages of inflation. Similarly, we need an escalator clause to protect us against rises in productivity. If you look at the statistics of the entire United States, of the entire United States history, or just of any particular period, you will see that productivity generally always goes up. And productivity is also published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They publish numbers that show how much productivity went up. It's a very simple formula. It is the amount of wealth that a single worker produces in a single hour. So if you're a worker, and let's say you make yo-yos, and if you make 10 yo-yos in an hour, that's your production for that hour. But then if something changes, like you get a new machine, for example, or they sharpen up one of your old machines, or maybe they just move things around in the factory so you don't have to walk so far to get the string for your yo-yos or something like that. Let's say you start making 11 yo-yos in an hour. That's a 10% raise in your productivity. But does that mean you're going to get anything for it? Does that mean you're going to get any more money, or does it mean you're going to get anything except a layoff? Because let's say the boss only needs a certain amount of yo-yos and he figures out a way to produce more yo-yos to raise productivity so that fewer workers can make the same amount of yo-yos, can make the amount of yo-yos that he needs. That means he's going to lay some people off. We are going to see some tremendous layoffs in the near future. You're not going to see them so much as Christmas comes because during Christmas, there's a lot of seasonal employment. But watch what happens in January. Already, the advanced figures for first-time unemployment claims is starting to rise. So you can look for heavy layoffs in January, and I would predict probably through the rest of the year. That's whether we have a recession or not. The recession may cause a lot of layoffs, but there may not be a recession. They will still have layoffs because of increases in productivity. Why do you think, for example, that Silicon Valley, which employs so many techies, why do you think that they have recently announced 20,000 layoffs? Why are there 3,700 layoffs at Twitter? Why are there, uh, I think, 12,000 layoffs at Facebook? It's not because Facebook and Twitter are shutting down. It's because the productivity has risen. So 
What we need is an escalator clause for productivity so that when productivity goes up, the amount of working hours in the week goes down. What would that do? That would mean the boss would need more employees. If the amount of workers went down, if the amount of work hours in a week went down, then he would need more workers to make the same number of yo-yos. So if his productivity goes up, then the amount of straight time employment for workers should go down. That's the way to protect against automation. They don't do it. The labor union movement used to demand shorter working hours. It was the very basis for the American working class in 1886 when they had a worldwide strike to get the eight-hour day. But they left it at that. They never got the six-hour day, even though back in the 1930s and 40s, they demanded a six-hour day. They, sent, they tended to just kind of forget about it. And today, no one even remembers the great slogan, 30 for 40 with no cut in pay, which meant, we will only work 30 hours, but you will pay us for 40 hours, just as you have been paying us. In other words, there'll be no cut in pay, and we'll only work 30 hours a week, six hours a day, five days a week. That would be great. That would be a way to fight automation. And it would be very hard to get people to do it, especially because the American labor movement is not even trying to do it. Nobody even talks about an escalator clause to protect against automation. If we had have done it, then the labor movement would not be shrinking. Because what happened is not that union people got laid off or that union people left their unions and quit or something like that. What happened was that major basic industry got higher and higher productivity and laid off more and more auto workers and machinists and factory workers. So if we want to protect against automation, we need an escalator clause related to productivity. What we can do in the immediate future, though, is join with the Texas State Employees Union and the American Federation of Teachers, which is the school employees, and we can demand pensions with COLA. It's a great idea, and it's something we can do, and we can get on it right now. Pensions with COLA, everybody. Pensions with COLA. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.